You're listening to a podcast from 702. on 702. So a strongly worded NPA statement then where they announced that they will be appealing uh, the uh, sentence, six-year sentence given to Oscar Pistorius for the murder of his girlfriend, Rivas Dienkamp. So a lot of you sending me SMSs. Viv says, is Gerinel on an ego trip? Why doesn't he just shoot Oscar dead then and get on with his life? Uh, another one says... Um, good afternoon. It goes without saying that the judge is incompetent and she does not understand the South African law. If it was possible, the sentencing of Oscar should have been handled by a different judge. She bungled the case from the word go. Another one says, I'm so happy about the state's decision in relation to Rivas Dienkamp's murder sentence. That's uh, P in Hatfield. So a lot of different views coming through around this. First, let's talk to Bulelo Makeke, Chief Director of Communications for the National Prosecutions Authority. Bulelo, good to talk to you. Good afternoon, Kodani. Thank Just, you. Again, looking at the statement, some of the things that you say is that the sentence is shockingly too lenient. You say the six-year sentence in all circumstances disproportionate uh, to the crime of murder committed. Just tell us, you know, obviously you've had a week or two to look at the sentence. What was the conclusion by the National Prosecuting Authority? Thank you, Kolani. I, I think we outline it quite quite extensively in, in the court papers, which we have shared. But um, just for the benefit of, of, of the public, at a high level, the real issue is about when, you, when you're actually feeling that the, 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 the sentence is really not proportionate to the, to the crime. But the, the issue particularly is that what, what does this say? I mean, the, 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 the whole purpose of having a prescribed minimum sentence is to provide some sort of guidance for the entire criminal justice system that for this particular crime category this is the sort of uh, of of um you know sentence that that can be expected give or take the judge's um discretion to to look at compelling circumstances to deviate you know the the the, the system doesn't take that power away from them mm. however there needs to be a balance as well in due to the extent that people actually feel you know the 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 people who are involved in the case and the, the entire public feel that they, you know they, they, the justice is not only done but it is actually seen to be done the other thing, though, and, uh, you know, I think it's a very important point you're raising, and I'm going to talk to Zolama Javo about it, because clearly there is a gray area around one minimum sentences. On the other hand, you say judicial officers have a discretion. So, you know, where is the line where that is concerned? But the issue is what this will do is that this matter will go on forever because if for instance you succeed in your appeal it goes to the supreme court of appeal and, and the defense will appeal it goes back and forth and forth and people are saying well you know just some at some point we have to have some conclusion on this issue does that worry you well Kalani, that is the nature of the beast um i, I think we, everything is, is is sort of amplified in this case because from the get-go it was really in the public space um, but in reality, this this is the nature of the beast. This is what happens when it, the, the system caters for it. That um, it, in the course of events, when litigants are not are not agreeing and feel aggrieved one way or the other, then the appeal system is is, is in place to actually make use of to 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 see if a different court could come to a different conclusion. It happens all the time. Now, a final one. One of the things that you say in your papers is that uh, the sentence is an injustice and has the potential to bring the administration of justice into disrepute. And I'm assuming that uh, the reason why you're saying that is uh, the point that you've just made about the discretion of the judicial officers versus the minimum sentences, prescribed minimum sentences. Precisely, Colonel. You will recall that, you know, back in the day, there was a time when we did not have 
uh, prescribed minimum sentences. But then, you know, with, with everybody's wisdom at the time, the people who actually make the laws, there was a, a, a decision to actually bring that legislation into play to, to remedy exactly that kind of, of, of differing and, and huge gaps in, in, in deciding in matters that are similar in nature, where the conviction is the same, but the sentence is, is there's a, a wide gap in how a, a case, you know, from one case to another, the, the, the sentence is headed down. So it was just trying to close that gap so that there's some semblance of consistency in our judicial system where you expect that if you're found, if you're convicted of a particular crime, especially serious crime, where there's, you know, this um, minimum sentence, that you expect that then generally this is how the sentence will be, will be, um, you know, this is the... The, the likely sentence. Which, mm. Yeah. Mm. Without, and, and the legislation is very specific about not taking that, that, that discretion away from the judges even then, but it, it, it tends to bring some kind of limitation so that there's, a, there's some sort of balance between the, 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 the two. All right. that's, that's really the point. All right. Mulelo, listen, please do hold the line for me, if you may, because now I'm going to now turn to Zola Majavu, who is a, a lawyer. He teaches uh, criminal law in particular. Good to talk to you, Mr. Majavu. Good evening, Pepeta. Good evening to my sister and the wonderful listeners. Ah, thank you for your time. All right. Firstly, are you surprised that the NPA has uh, applied for leave to appeal in this matter? I'm not surprised. I would have been surprised had they not. In fact, on the day that the the sentence was handed down, I was one of those uh, people who said on record with maintaining absolute respect to our judges that uh, I did not believe that there were compelling and substantial circumstances that warranted a deviation, a decremental deviation, no harm, from the prescribed minimum sentences. Even though the judge has a discretion, I do believe that uh, this sentence put us more on the side of leniency, so I'm not surprised at all. You see, it's interesting because uh, we spoke to other experts, and you would have uh, read about them as well, who were saying, well, actually, the sentence is not incorrect. It's not about correct or incorrect. Uh, At the end of the day, it is about the judicial exercise of a discretion. Obviously, sentencing remains preeminently the, the, the domain of the of the sentencing judge or the trial judge, but in so doing, they are not at liberty to do as they please. And I'm not suggesting that Judge Masepa did as he pleased. What they have to do, they've got to weigh basically three categories of factors that need to be counterbalanced against one another. The seriousness of the offense, the interests of society, and the personal circumstances of the accused. And having found certain facts have been proven and established before her, she then decides what weight to accord to each category. She traversed all those categories excellently without fail. Where I part ways with the learned judges, when it comes to the amount of emphasis that she placed on the mitigating factors, because for her to have arrived at the decision that she did, she would have had to find either that aggravating circumstances are doing mitigating circumstances or the other way around. She opted for the latter, and I think... In there lies the, 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 the trick, because if you look at it in practical terms, for a conviction of culpable homicide, Mr. Pistorius was sentenced to an effective term of five years. Mm. That gets over, the conviction gets overturned. He now is sentenced on the basis of murder, dollars indirectus, or dollars eventualis. Mm. And then the eventual sentence is simply an extra one year. Now, on the face of it, it does seem to suggest that uh, no amount or great emphasis was placed on the seriousness of the offense because 
the only variation is one year upwards. And it is at that point that I think the state may well be justified in saying the sentence is exceedingly disproportionate. And it may well be that notwithstanding the fact that the judge has a discretion, it may well be that that discretion was exercised in a manner that is either injudicious or that could be perceived as a material misdirection, therefore warranting appellate interference. But why would that be? Is it the nature of the law that gives uh, the judicial officers then this discretion? I mean, uh, Ms. Makega was talking about some sort of, uh, some semblance of consistency. Is that even possible, given the legislation that governs uh, judges around sentencing? Yes, it is possible. Remember what the, the, the minimum sentencing regime sought to do is exactly as my colleague has outlined. But remember... It does not detract from the fact that each case must still be viewed on its own peculiar merits. What the law says is, at minimum, if Polan is found guilty of murder, he is at least looking at 15 years. Unless there are seriously compelling circumstances that warrant a deviation downwards. Remember, there is nothing that stops the judge from saying minimum sentence says 15, but I started 16. There would be nothing wrong with that. But if you have to deviate decrementally, you've got to be persuaded that there is something out of the ordinary that causes you to deviate. It is not a decision that judges exercise lightly. In this instance, having listened to Judge Masipa's judgment, she did justify it, she did reason it out. Whether one agrees with her reasoning or not is another story. But the point that I make with respect is that that deviation seems to be way too decremental. I mean, it's a deviation of nine years. Mm. And I would have expected that there would have had to be something earth-shattering that would have persuaded the judge to go in that direction. The issue is not whether the judge is right or wrong. In fact... The appeal courts do not substitute the trial uh, judge's uh, decisions yeah. with the, what they would have preferred. It's got to be a material discretion, uh, uh, yeah. misdirection that could be seen to be a, a giving rise to a miscarriage of justice. Then they will interfere. But if they could have given something different on their own interpretation, that on its own is not reason enough for them to interfere. But okay. in this instance, I bet my bottom dollar, and I say this with the greatest of respect, to, to the judicial officers, I think there is a reasonable chance that the appellate court may find that the, the misdirection is of such a nature that requires them to to interfere. How much they will interfere by, or by you know by how will they tamper with the sanction, is something that we'll only have to wait and okay. see once we get past the leave to appeal. But I do think that the NPA is well justified in taking the step that it took. Z- Zola Machavo, I thank you very much, Bulela Makeka as well. Thanks indeed for coming through.